Our goal is simple, to help you achieve the dream and vision you first had when you thought about starting a business. We're here to make growing your business less complicated. There are building blocks to build a sustainable business. We promise to seek them out and address them all. The Better Your Business Show starts now.
Our goal is simple, to help you achieve the dream and vision you first had when you thought about starting a business. We're here to make growing your business less complicated. There are building blocks to build a sustainable business. We promise to seek them out and address them all. The Better Your Business Show starts now. Good morning and welcome to the Better Your Business Show. Here we discuss your most important business challenges and provide you with practical solutions to help you better your business. So whether you are joining us live or watching the replay, make sure you take your free business assessment at Pillar5.com and join us live in our virtual studio where we can address your comments and concerns throughout the show. So I am very excited. This is our last show for our Unplugged going into season two. Next week, we are starting season two, 913. So make sure you join us. But our Unplugged conversation today, we are going to be going over marketing. And I am super grateful and excited to have Megan Stewart, CEO and founder of Design the Conversation here with us this morning. Boop, boop. So welcome to the show, Megan. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, yes. Yeah, good. I'm glad. So I'm a little biased. Um, some of you know, not everyone knows, but Megan is my publicist. So uh, that's how our relationship has started within the last year. And it was very interesting because I've never worked with someone in marketing and writing like you, which I know you have over a decade of experience. I mean, for you, you make it look so easy, which is something I really appreciate about you. But um, it was funny because when you were referred to me, uh, Jen Hogger, right, my photographer, she said, uh, the thing with Megan, she told me, she said, the thing with Megan is that she'll know you and you meet her and it's like she's known you forever. And it shows up in her writing. And I guess because I'd never worked with a publicist before, I didn't really understand or even appreciate uh, what a gift that is, right? Mm -hmm. Remember, in my first social media post, my middle sister, who's the one that knows me like a book, like I can't get away with anything with her, sends me a message. Your face, your Instagram post today is fire. And I was like, wow, if Megan fooled Kim, <laughs> we're on to something good here, right? This girl is a genius. So, um, so welcome. Tell us a little bit about you. Did you always want to be in marketing and branding? So actually I started my career as a journalist and I was working for top magazines in the country like Motor Trend, Motorcycle Consumer News. I'm a little bit of a gearhead. I love cars. I love motorcycles. Um, and, you know, I, I took that passion into more of a writing direction. Um, so I've been a journalist for uh, going on 13, 14 years now. And that was always my first love. My first passion has always been writing. And I realized pretty early on in my career that sometimes you need to think outside the box in terms of, you know, where you want to go with your skill set, what direction you want your life to take. And that transitioned me out of, um, out of journalism and more into a marketing field. And, you know, I played around doing a few different things and I finally settled on, you know what, content is my bread and butter. I love helping 
and individuals and businesses with their messaging, with their branding, and really authentically connecting with their audience. I feel that is the most important thing that a lot of business owners that I, I work with, they don't fully grasp is just how important that authenticity and that true personality comes across. So, so tell me if you were going to give, um, what is the biggest mistake you see that people make when it comes to marketing and branding? Pushing a sell right away. And <laughs> what I mean by that is it's like, Hey, I'm a business coach. I'm a, um, you know, I'm an author. I'm selling this candle company. I'm doing this or I'm doing that. And it's like, everything is about them. Everything is about the product. Everything mm -hmm. is geared towards, Hey, I need to make money. I need to hustle. I need to do that. But in today's day and age, it turns people off completely, you know? And when people are going online, whether it's to a website or social media, watching a show, listening to a podcast, they want to be able to connect with the person behind the business. Yes, the business may be amazing. The products and services may be top notch, but if there's no connection, if there's no emotional, you know, connection there, it's really hard to sell. And, you know, there is that rule, you know, 80, 20, 90, 10 of sharing insight and free tips and tools and downloads and, you know, that free content that really sets you up as an expert versus buy all my products, you know? And I feel like that's a, a really strong misconception, especially when people are starting out that, oh my gosh, I just spent all this money on my marketing, on my website, on this, on that, on products, on, you know, and so they want to turn around and get that, you know, that ROI, that return on investment right away, but it's going to take time. And you want to do it the right way with a solid foundation. And that's letting your audience get to know you. And I love that so much about you too, because, you know, as we're on the show, one of our biggest things that we talk about is how to have that solid foundation, which is having a sustainable business. And so that's something that I really learned from you. I know when we even did our initial contract, it was a 90 day contract and you were very clear and explicit with me. Hey, Natalie, there's a ramp up to this. We're getting to know you still. We're getting clear on what the brand is. We're getting clear on what your target audience is, right? You're looking at analytics, statistics, what times of the data post, all these wonderful things to help us shift. And um, to me, it's just been mind blowing to see just my own number shift and how much I've learned from you in marketing. And I consider my, I like marketing. So it's kind of something I gravitate to, but honestly, the relationship has really blown my mind with how strategic marketing is. Right. And I love that I've learned that because so many times again in business or we're just sticking stuff to the, you know, throwing that noodle, hoping it sticks or not being consistent with our social media, not planning it out. Right. And so working with you, that's one of the things that I very much learned is how much strategy is involved in it, which really that's Megan at the end of the day. Megan is a strategist, right? And so that's what makes me laugh, even though you're so branded, so marketable, right? Mm -hmm. So um, how do you decide what type of stories to share with people's audiences? So when I'm looking at really showcasing a business or an entrepreneur or an excuse me, individual like yourself, I want to know what's most important to that person, you know, why are they doing what they do? Not necessarily like the why that everybody talks about, like what's your why in business? Cause I feel like that's overplayed. No, no, no. I want to know why you got into what you do, why 
you're so passionate about helping the people that you help. And, you know, once I have that information, it's, it's kind of like an evolution in the sense of, okay, now I know what you're all about. I know what your business is all about. So now we're going to relate that to our audience. But how do we do that? Is that through client testimonials? Is that through case studies? Is that through personal experience? Is that through sheer information that is either constantly misconstrued, you know, busting open myths, you know, things like that. And I feel that with every client, it's going to be a different strategy. Not everyone is extremely open and forthcoming, but they'll only, you know, they'll only go to a certain point. You know, if a business is fairly new, they might not have that proof of concept. So it's kind of figuring out that balance of how we can best showcase them without alienating the audience, without pushing something in a direction that the business owner doesn't want to go and figuring out, you know, and there is a lot of trial and error. You know, I want to be upfront about that because that's target market research. You know, we're not throwing things against the wall to seeing what sticks. We're strategically trying out, you know, okay, this is the core audience right now. This is where we want it to be. How do we get there? And we just backtrack from there. Okay, if, we're, if we want to be at a 10 and we're at a six, how do we get to that 10? And we just, you know, plug in those elements and really look and see what's working. What are people responding to? You know, what has the most engagement? And while numbers are very, very good, you know, getting all those likes, getting all those, you know, emoji comments, it's the connection who's commenting, what are they commenting? What are they saying? You know, have they been on your page for longer than a certain amount of minutes? Are they going from your social media to a website, to a landing page? Are they signing up for newsletters? You know, what, how are they engaging in the brand? And that's what we all look at to really decide, okay, this we're on the right path or no, we need to, you know, shift gears and go in this direction and try this. And then, a lot of the times the clients that we work with, they get feedback from their inner circle. And that is key because when you're with your, your circle, they're seeing what you're doing and they will tell you to your face if it's working, if it's not, and they will not pull punches. And that is the best, best way to gauge how something is going because numbers can be arbitrary. They can, you know, be from bots. They can be purchased, you know, and so having that authenticity when it comes to me and when it comes to my clients is extremely important because we want to see that authentic growth. We want to see that authentic connection because that is going to solidify a brand. Definitely. And I, I know when you look at a lot of people who have, I don't know if they're in the space of really having like a large brand like Nike or something like that. But when you look at a lot of people who are doing significant things, a lot of times their social media really isn't popping, right? Because they're focusing on other things anyway. So when you look at the likes, it doesn't mean that significant things aren't being done. I think actually you kind of get to the point where the likes get less because you're doing such significant things. That circle kind of uh, closes that gap. Mm -hmm. um, one question that I have for you is how do you decide which marketing angle to take when you're, you know, is it, you know, whether you're dealing with a male versus a female or, you know, what are some of the different things that you look at when you're working with the client? So the first thing that I like to look at is who is this person, you know, and what is their personality? Because that is key. That tells you everything you need to know. 
if they're bubbly, if they have a lot of energy, if, you know, they're constant smiles, you want them in front of the camera. That is the face of the brand. If they're more reserved, if they're quieter, you know, things like that, then it's, okay, we need to showcase more of the benefits of working with this individual and slowly getting them comfortable being in front of the camera, sharing more of themselves. And so it's a more gradual process, but it still has that sense of, you know, you're still learning who this person is. You're still showcasing their personality, but just in a way that is not negative. And personality can make or break a brand. It can make and break a business, but as long as you showcase it in the right way and, you know, you can really make it stand out. You can really make a difference. I am not the person who likes to be on camera. I do not like to be on any of my photos, but it's working with the right people. It's really figuring out what I want to share with my audience that, you know, kind of makes everything. And then like for somebody like you, Natalie, you have a huge personality. You have so much to share and so much to give that it kind of makes my job easy you know, and that's what I really appreciate. <laughs> yeah, because you, you, you know, you like going into our first consultation, it was very clear. You, you knew your direction. You knew what you wanted to do. You knew what you wanted to say. You just didn't know how to say it. And so we kind of helped you find your voice in that way or refine your voice because you did have a very strong voice. Um, and then for some of the clients that I have that are like myself, who are a little bit more closed off, a little bit more reserved, you know, we take a different approach and that can just be, you know, all right, let's really focus on the value add. Let's really focus on, you know, speaking to this audience because it is going to be a completely different audience as well. You know, not one person is going to be able to reach everyone and they shouldn't, you know, and a lot of people can get that confused in the sense of, you know, oh, I need to hit as many people as possible. I need to get the word out. You know, the more eyes, the better, you know, that, what is it, the 1% rule? You yeah. reach 100, you're going to get one. Well, yeah, you can do that, but it's not going to work all the time. Wouldn't you rather connect with six people who are dialed into you and get those six people versus spending time and energy to reach a bunch of people that are just not interested? You know, so that's that's kind of the stuff that we look at and just make sure that, you know, we're on the right path and, you know, figuring out, like I said, the personality. And that's that's really the guiding factor. Awesome. So let's expand on that a little bit when we look at and that's one of the things that I've appreciated. Yes. Quality over quantity. Right. For <laughs> Jaime, which is so true, which. Uh, Yes, Jaime's been on the show, so he has mortgage and, and printing companies, so he knows a little bit about marketing as well. But so, you know, there's that, again, it goes back to that ramp up phase as you're working with that client. Um, do you always start photos? How do you decide if you're doing photos versus memes? Are you doing a little bit of both? Do you want to throw in video content? Is it really just to depend on the brand and the person? Yeah, so we try and avoid memes as much as possible because it's just, one, it's filler content. Two, it can really go one way or the other. The audience is either going to love it or then you get turned off completely by it. So it's really, in my perspective, memes for a business, it really depends on what the business is and who the person behind it is. 
you know, so if it's somebody who is a comedian who likes to joke around, you know, things like that, sure, but very minimal. Um, you know, those can get taken out of hand really quickly, especially if you're doing a lot of them or they're not um, PC. But, you know, when it comes to photos, those are mandatory. There's not an option. You know, when you work with us, you get a photo shoot every month. Mandatory. You got to do it. Whether, you know, you're in front of the camera, nine out of 10 photos, or if we're doing product shots, if you have a product based business or, you know, action shots of, you know, the person working or whatever it is, you know, um, that is just how you showcase a brand. You have to be authentic. You have to show yourself. Or if you have a face of your brand or if you have, you know, something like that, they have to be shown. Um, because you need to create that consistency with the audience. Uh, if you don't have that consistency, you can't build that authenticity. You can't build that connection. Uh, also with video, video is content king right now. So when you can do boomerangs, lives, you know, more polished videos, things like that, that's really going to help. Also, there's, and this could be me, but when I'm working with clients and it's just video after video after video, it gets redundant because a lot of the times, even if your audience is so engaged with you, they're not going to watch every single video. And that's where photos can really pop even more, especially now since everything is inundated with video. You know, it is gold when done right. And so there should be a good balance, but always work up to video, never start with video. Because when it, when you're, how do I say this? When you're just starting out or when you're just starting to work with a, a company or an agency like mine, you know, we want to give the audience room to breathe. We want to give them the time to get to know you, the time to interact with you, the time to get familiar before we're shoving all these videos, you know? I don't like it. I don't know if other people are just like, give me all the videos, but you know, I just feel like balance is key and maintaining that is not going to overwhelm anyone. No, it's so, it's so true. And um, it's funny because when I first think about marketing, I just think saturate the market. You know, it's a small world. If you get the platforms, blah, 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 you're number, you know, number one on the, you know, all the terms, whatever SEOs or whatever. And how hard is it? Cause it's true. I mean, I don't, it's, yeah. it doesn't, I don't think take a lot to dominate in that sector, but it's exactly what you said. It's, you know, are we throwing ourselves down this person's throat? Are we giving time for the audience to get to know, like, and trust, right? Which is so important The no part, but if you're throwing sales and all this stuff down the throat, it's like, skip, 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 skip. And people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. And so I've really appreciated that about working with you is I feel like there's been a progression and evolution that's been natural as well, just even as we're getting to know each other, the brand's getting to know each other. And so for me, it's just really made being in insurance and finance fun because it's just another way to be creative. And so I've enjoyed that, that aspect of it as well. Good. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> yeah. So what else? Any other tips and tricks? How do they find design the conversation? What's an ideal client for you? Ooh, that is a good question. An ideal client for me. I love working with entrepreneurs. I love working with startups. Um, 
because they're, they're trying to get their foot in the door and they, I want to make sure that they're doing it the right way. I work with just about every type of business there is, you know, from, you know, IT all the way to, you know, hairstylists to insurance brokers to photographers, um, you know, and everything and anything in between. Because when it comes to storytelling, when it comes to branding, there isn't really a constriction on industry. It's just make sure you're staying in compliance with, you know, what that industry is, if they have certain compliance um, and just making them marketable. So um, a couple of questions that I had a lot just because I'm curious has been um, just your own personal experience of what you learn from branding and marketing. Right. Because I always think even as we're doing our things, it gets exciting to me to think Megan's learning this about money today. <laughs> right. Yes. So, yes. Um, you know, it's different when it's flowing through you. So talk a little bit about that. So I'm a research junkie. I love learning. I love immersing myself in a client's world because I need to know just as much as they do to make it seem as though all the content is coming from them. And I know you have a very particular outlook on, you know, finances and insurance and things like that. So it's not only learning all of the knowledge, but it's applying it to your personality in the way you would present it and the way you would share it as an example. Um, so for me, when I'm working with a client, it's like, okay, they're in this industry. They want to showcase these things about this industry and they want to do it in this way. Let me learn all I can. And once I know that, then it's like, okay, now I can talk about it eloquently. Now I can speak to this at a higher level. So while some content can be, you know, surface to start, that's always good for an audience too, because as they learn, or as I learn, they learn, you know, and so it's not overwhelming because it's not all this technical jargon or industry jargon. It's very simplified, easy to understand, easy to comprehend information, that's not going to overwhelm them. And it's not coming at them all at once. It's broken up over time. So, you know, it gives them the time, you know what, I had a question about this. Hey, you make a really good point. Can you talk more about that? And it's just a natural evolution of a conversation. And that's, to me, how I think it should be. Yeah, it's the trailer to the movie. <laughs> exactly. And you are the movie. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. And then um, let's talk a little bit about consistency. I think that that's been huge um, and such a blessing, honestly, to have you guys, you know, thinking about just um, when I've been on vacation, you guys know I was in the middle of a lake for a week and there's just no way I would have been able to post that would have taken me my commercial right out for a week. And so having that consistency of someone doing it for you, how important is that consistency? Even when I'm looking at other people who are doing branding and it's sporadic, right? right. Having that consistency, what would your be your feedback on consistency? Consistency is key. It's a golden rule. Your audience is expecting you to show up. And when you don't, they go somewhere else. So if you can create that expectation of I'm posting at this time every day, you know, this is the type of content I post. They get familiar with you. You get top of mind. And that is how you get, you know, I don't want to say that's how you get them, but that's how you really connect. And 
you know, it's like, it's like watching your favorite show. It's on every week. Oh no. And then there's a break and then you forget about it. And then when it comes back on air, you're just like, Oh wait, this is back. I have to catch up. And then it kind of takes you out of the experience, you know? So if you put it in, you know, kind of, um, terms like that, it's really easy to realize, Oh, okay. Cause we all have our favorite brands. And if they take a holiday, it's like, but I was looking forward to this. Where'd it go? You know, so we never want to have that for our clients. We always want to make sure that their audience is happy, is engaging, and is showing up. It makes me think of the lag time in between seasons. <laughs> it's like, is season two coming? Right? You keep going back to Netflix. Is season two coming? And it's like, yes, yes, coming soon. It's like, oh, no more season two. Right? Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and that's the thing. It's like when you when you start to become consistent, whether you're posting once a day, a few times a day, a few times a week, as long as you're consistent about it, that's all that matters. So for brands who don't want to post every day, you know, multiple times a day, that's okay. That's not a bad thing. As long as you know the days that you post or the amount of times you post and when you're posting you know, that can really help lend itself to that consistency. And a lot of times there is that break because people run out of content. What do I post about? What do I need to talk about? How, you know, I have this idea, but I've already, you know, exhausted it six, seven, eight, nine times. How do you make it fresh again? And that's what we help with. Yes. And plus, I mean, we'll, we'll analysis paralysis. That's just the truth, right? Because it's it's not our job. It's not our forte. We're doing whatever we're doing. Mm -hmm. and so we can sit there and overthink it forever. Whereas with you, it's just set it and forget it, right? Not, in fact, I'll be honest, I get excited. People laugh at me. And I'm like, I can't wait to see what I posted today. What did I write about today? <laughs> what went on social media? I'm excited to see it too. Every day is a surprise. And mm -hmm. so that makes it uh, a fun part of the process. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, I have another client who says the exact same thing. You know, her family, they didn't realize that she was no longer posting and that, um, you know, she texts me every day. She literally texts me every day like, oh, my gosh, you sound so smart. Oh, my gosh, this is what I would say. And it's like, that's my job. You know, this is that's why I do what I do. You know, I. I get in your head. I figure out who you are, what makes you tick. And that's what I share. But yeah. And hearing that feedback, it's so valuable because it means I'm on the right track. Mm -hmm. Definitely. You're very talented for sure. So again, how can people reach you? And um, yeah, any tips that you want to give or anything that you want to share about marketing, design the conversation, anything that we should know about Megan Stewart? Oh, things about me? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> what do you see behind the camera? <laughs> no, well, no. Do you want to reach out to inquire about your services? Uh, so people can reach me by email at Megan, M-E-G-A-N, at designtheconvo.com. And I always answer my emails directly. It's, you know, probably within a couple hours of usually getting an email, I'll respond. And it's always personal. Um, but what I would like to say about, you know, my services is that, they are personalized. They are not templated. It's not drag and drop. We dive into the specific needs of a business. We design, you know, dive into their messaging and their content needs. 
And if they need social, we handle social. If they need content, we do content, web design, you know, anything digital marketing related, that's what we specialize in. So we have a question from the audience, which is who needs a Megan Stewart? Is it industry specific? So I know we touched on that a little bit, but let's go back. Let's go back to who's an ideal client. So I am not industry specific. I work with any and all businesses. I like to mainly work with small businesses and entrepreneurs just to keep it, at least for me, more personal because I want to make sure that I'm the one who's touching everything. I want to make sure that there is, you know, quality control. And when I'm working with larger businesses, I found that there's too many cooks in the kitchen. Everybody has their own idea of what they want something to look like. And that makes the process a lot more difficult and not a lot of people will realize that. So when I'm working with an individual entrepreneur or a small business, um, you know, that has maybe only one or two voices that need to be heard and represented, you know, that makes my job a lot easier. And that's what I like to focus on is making sure that that person or that business shines. Which is so true because, and I, and I remember we even had this conversation clearly, which was, I don't like a lot of cooks in the kitchen, Megan, you're the professional. I'm going to trust you <laughs> to do your job, whether I like it or not, I'm going with this. We can talk about things as we need to, but you're the pro. So I'm going to let you do your thing. And, um, collaboration for that. <laughs> yeah. So it was interesting because our photographer, I was speaking with her the other day and she I know she's starting a course. And so um, I was like, yeah, you know, I'm so excited. Great ideas about the course. And so she thought I was implying I wanted to take her course. And I was like, oh, no, <laughs> I do not want to do my own social media. I'm going to pay. I'm going to continue to pay you to do my social media. <laughs> But so because I mean, I highly recommend it. It's so I mean, it doesn't have to be a lot of time, but it is a lot of time by the time you research and do all that and be consistent and not analysis process. And really, it's the commercial of our business. So do you want to see people to see that? I mean, people are on social media. How many hours and times a day? You probably know the analytics better than I would know. You do not want to know. You'd be amazed. <laughs> it actually gets done with how much people look at social media. Do you find that certain brands should be on uh, different platforms or, you know, I know that we're on multiple platforms. How do you decide that? Or do you lead your clients in a direction for that? So one of two things. So a lot of the times when I'm working with a business, they'll know where they want to be. And if they know, we just refine. And if they don't, we'll point them in the right direction. I don't believe that, for example, you, Natalie, I don't think you need to be on every single platform because it doesn't make sense. Your audience isn't there. You know, everybody is on Instagram, so everybody should be on Instagram. You know, you have a more professional type business, a more traditional type business. So LinkedIn will serve you well, you know, and Facebook, it syncs with Instagram. Why not? You know, there's still a bunch of people there and it's an older audience. So it makes more sense for your business to be on there. Now, for somebody like, um, for example, a hairstylist, LinkedIn might not make the most sense because they are a photo heavy business. So that's Instagram and Pinterest, you know, and when it comes to different businesses and different industries, certain platforms are going to make sense. Certain platforms are not. And that's how, you know, we'll lead the client and make sure that 
they're not wasting energy, they're not wasting resources, that they're hitting their audience where their audience shows up. Just because somebody likes Instagram or likes Pinterest doesn't mean that their business should be on there, you know? And I've seen this many times where a client's like, nope, I have to be on here. I love going here. So of course my audience is going to be here. And it's like, you do group benefits. They're not there. <laughs> Go on LinkedIn. You're targeting business owners. You're not targeting individuals. You're targeting corporations, not soccer moms. So it's, you know, you want to make sure that you're showing up where your audience is, not where you want to show up. That makes sense. Yeah. And what I love about that is it helps, you know, both parties evolve again in that relationship and in that branding, because um, I think that's just always going to change over time as the business evolves anyway. Exactly. Right? Mm -hmm. So another question we have is, does the marketing strategy or consistency change if the business is just starting out and trying to gain visibility versus expanding their existing audience? Great question. So does it change? Yes. When a business is first starting out, for example, they probably have no audience. They probably don't know where to get that audience. And it's usually friends and family supporting them. So in that sense, we need to find that target market audience and we need to reach them. And that's not through sharing incessantly about products and services. That's this is a business. This is what we represent. This is who we are. This is our mission. This is what we believe in. And start with that foundation, because as the audience grows, that's always going to be there. And for all the new people who are coming to these platforms, they're going to see that first. And that's so important. And then directing them to a website, directing them to a landing page or a newsletter to sign up, to stay engaged. It's more about making connections than making a sale. And once there is an established audience, that's when you scale. That's when you start pushing a sale, start pushing a product. But you want to lead with the benefits or the solution rather than, hey, this is what I do. It's so for instance, if, you know, somebody needed help with a website, it, I, as the person who's doing the marketing for myself, I wouldn't say, Hey, I do websites. I'm amazing. Come pay me. I'll do it for you. It's more of, are you struggling with developing your website and running your business? Do you have time constraints? Do you not know how to do it? Do you need somebody to do it for you? You know, it's about how you approach it. And in that instance, I would lead with, these are the benefits of working with me for this specific product. And then go from there. Well, and I think that shows two professional, someone who's professional and been doing this for a minute versus someone who's just getting started out. Right. It's always that person that just gets into sales. It's vomiting all over you trying to sell something. There's no relationship there. And you're just like, ah, like get away from me versus getting to know your heart, your integrity. Right. Building that like and trust factor first and building that's what I love. So let me ask you on that. You know, how many minutes a day should people be spending engaging with their audience? And then um, do you recommend cross marketing strategies? 
as well. Yes. So first, when it comes to engaging, when you post, you want to spend about an hour or more, if you have the time, directly engaging. So when you post, you're using hashtags, you're using key phrases, or you're talking about products or an industry. That's what you need to focus your engagement on. Go into those popular hashtags and see what other posts are there in relation and comment, like, get a conversation going, put it into the DMs if it's appropriate, only if it's appropriate. You know, it's, it's really awkward when you get a message like, hey, saw your post looking great. Can I interest you in all of these products? Here's a 50% off coupon. Don't do that. Nobody likes that. It's more of building that authenticity of, hey, I liked your post. You shared some great knowledge. Looking to learn more. Keeping it simple. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And mm -hmm. so can you clarify cross-marketing strategies? Because there's a couple of different ways that I'm thinking about that. Hit them both. <laughs> so when I think cross marketing, let's just say for myself, it would be like um, somebody else in the financial industry is how I see it. Oh. Uh, post sharing is what they said, or just even right. yeah stuff like that. Like maybe I'm working with someone who specializes in credit repair, and them and I are chatting. Maybe yes. Okay. All right. Yeah. So cross marketing strategies can be really beneficial to brands when done properly. So when you're looking to work with somebody in a complementary industry, make sure that both parties know what's expected. If you're doing a giveaway, if you're doing a promotional post, if you're you know, collaborating on a service or a product, make sure that each party knows what's being shared, how it's being shared, and who's responsible for what. You know, are you responsible for follow-up or is the other person, or are you responsible for each you know, section. On top of that, is there a divide between the two in terms of, okay, this person has, you know, 50,000 followers, this person has 500. You know, when you have a dynamic like that, it can be really difficult for the person um, with that higher number to feel like they're getting value. So when you're looking at that, always make sure that value can be provided on both sides to both audiences. Uh, because if there is a little, you know, discrepancy there, it can hurt a brand. On top of that, you know, sharing posts from people in your direct industry. So another financial advisor or another insurance broker, if they say something key and you want to share it with your audience, share it, but add your own message along with it and why you feel it's valuable and expand upon it. Because if you're just sharing somebody else's post, you're sharing your their post. There, there, there's nothing extra for, for your audience. There's no value add. There's no reason for doing it that you're not getting exposure. You're giving exposure to this other person, you know? So always do things with intention. And it sounds like, um making sure that their relationships are reciprocal, <laughs> right? <laughs> exactly. Because if you, if you're working with somebody and they're like, Oh my gosh, I love you. I love everything about you. Your message is amazing. I want to share it with my audience. And then they don't, they just take, take, take. That's going to hurt in the long run. 
and you know, won't die. You know, and it can be damaging to friendships. Like if you have a friend who has a bit complimentary business, and you're like, oh my gosh, let's team up. This is going to be amazing. And it's not. That can put tension, and you don't really want that tension. Absolutely. Setting the setting the parameters up front, I think, is so important in any relationship, right? Especially when there's money business involved too, to be get that out of the way. And then, you know, part of the mistakes that I've made over almost my two decades as, a, as an entrepreneur is exactly what you said. It's really taking that time to um, do that due diligence on that person that I'm deciding to partner up with because it. it it's not always easy to find the right people. It's not always easy to find people who want to keep their word and follow through and are a strong entrepreneur. Right. So, and that affects your brand, just like you said. So mm -hmm. having those right people are definitely a huge, huge part of it. I love that. Um, all right. So Megan Stewart designed the conversation. We're going to be wrapping it up. You can find her on Instagram. I designed the conversation. You can email her all of her information's on the ticker. She is awesome. You will be seeing more from her. I appreciate you so much, Megan. Thank you for being here and sharing your knowledge with us today. And um, we'll be reaching out to you for more marketing nuggets soon. And then also pillar five, she is going to be, if anyone needs help with any content writing, she will be, um, through the Pillar 5 software, so you can reach out to her through that. So, Megan Stewart, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for having me. I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, is Carlton bringing us out? I don't know.